Hi everybody, I'm Amelia Easley and you are listening to the Sustainability of podcast. I'm currently studying environmental studies and international business at Santa Clara University. Each episode breaks down a company or product and its sustainable practices. I'm your one-stop shop for learning about everything sustainability related. Hi Besma, how are you today? Hey, I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm okay. Yeah, as I mentioned, the weather is so nice here and mm. it's just, yeah, it's a wonderful Tuesday. That's a first, right? Good. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm glad we, we chose Tuesday. I find Mondays are typically quite a hard day. I, I tend to have long closed off weekends and then um, stay up late on a Sunday night and Monday's a struggle. So Tuesday, I'm in a good frame of mind. It's sunny here in London as well. Um, looking forward to chatting and getting into it with you. So Besma is one of the most influential sustainable fashion influencers out there. Her blog, Curiously Conscious, which was established in 2014, has been featured on BBC, BuzzFeed, and the list goes on. It has over 35,000 monthly viewers, and her Instagram, Besma at Besma CC, recently reached, congratulations, by the way, 8,000 followers on Instagram. Thank you. She founded the Ethical Influencer Network, which I became a part of about a year ago, and she has over 600 sustainably influenced social media influencers on the network. Every day she posts inspiring news on her Instagram account and various other social media channels, and her feed aesthetic is something that I can only dream of. Also, fun fact, we met last summer in 2019, not that you know you would remember, it was very, very brief, um, but we both attended um, and you organized the panel and the talk on fixing fashion with the UK Parliament's Nicholas Robin at the University of London. So I'm so thankful you agreed to spend some time chatting with me today, and I appreciate your time more than you know. Oh, 100%. Thank you for inviting me onto your platform. I love what you're doing. Uh, It was great to hear that you were at the event um, that we held last year on uh, kind of the aftermath of the Fixing Fashion Report. And yeah, I feel like that's such a huge entrance, and I'm just one little person. So um, yeah, would happily talk about anything with you right now. And um, the kind of the beginnings of my blog. Uh, what what would you like to start with? Yeah. So my first question for you is: When did you become interested in sustainability, and how did you decide to become a sustainable fashion influencer? Just from your interest in sustainability, and what pushed you in that direction? However many years ago. Sure. So um, as you said, I started my blog, Curiously Conscious, in 2014. Um, At that time, I was actually looking into sustainability from a slightly more macro point of view. Um, I'd moved to Paris as part of my degree. I did a degree in international business with French. um, And my third year was a placement year where I spent um, up to, I think it was 18 months in two different uh, organizations working and just loving living in French capital um, it was there as well that I started to realize that food culture was a big thing and where you get your food from um, was particularly important and I started to review actually where most of the origins of my clothes came from my beauty products my food as well um, and it went down that rabbit hole, hole and started to really just put that together on a blog and ask those questions online and I really wasn't finding the answers that I was looking for so I started to write those answers when I found the research and found the right places to kind of talk about sustainability and um, where things come from 
that led on to then finishing my degree. I focused on sustainability and um, agriculture for my dissertation, which is slightly off topic in terms of business, but I was looking at it from the point of view of um, like EU regulation and what we're doing to look after the planet and people who are involved in food. Um, at that time, the blog was quite dormant and not the place it is today. Uh, I think it's definitely been a journey for me and I didn't have my face on there. I didn't post anything about myself, not many pictures. It was mainly pictures of food or of stock images when I was talking about, you know, the importance of sourcing fruit sustainably, locally, supporting farmers, that sort of thing. Um, and it's been a long journey since then. So five years now. Um, and I found that actually sustainable fashion is where I'm really interested in right now and it's been just a series of evolutions I suppose food was the big thing that got me into it but fashion is something now that is so personal and creative and gives you that opportunity to express yourself and put yourself out there but also to do it in a way with kindness and to highlight um, that there are people and you know we've got to care for people and planet when it comes to fashion too so it's been a journey I'm not sure this is the final destination we'll see where it goes in another five years Um, but I'm just glad now that there's a lot of people in this space talking about it as well and um, it's it's just grown from there I I feel very fortunate to have struck on a a topic that a lot of people are talking about and there's such a brilliant community um, behind it all Yeah, that's so interesting because I definitely I've also come from a place um, for a long time I was really interested in nutrition and just like, you know, figuring out like what we're actually putting in our bodies that we might not know about. I do think that was ingrained for me um, from a young age, just from like what my mom would and wouldn't let me eat. And I have to say, I'm still a massive foodie at heart. Like there's, it's something that won't go away. I've always said if I, I don't even play the lottery, but if I won the lottery, I would um, invest straight away in a pro chef cooking course and learn how to cook incredibly well and lots of amazing ingredients. But um yeah it's just another aspect and I I think that's where social media and blogging and and, you know these platforms they can be very 2D in that you can project only a certain number of topics but really we're all well-rounded human beings and we have lots of different interests and it's just that right now I'm very much focused on sustainable fashion but love food just as much pasta is my weakness (laughs) yeah no me too I'm definitely like right now I'm very very nerdy about sustainable fashion obviously Um, (laughs) so what was the process of founding the Ethical Influencer Network? And, um, I know you mentioned this a bit in your podcast with Sustainably Influenced, but can you talk about like the internal process of what it's like to run it and then also how you work with brands and how you choose what brands go on your platform, you know, like that kind of thing, like your criteria. So Ethical Influencers, um, is a community that I set up. Uh, middle of 2018 yeah we're 2020 now so 2018 um and prior to that so in November of 2017 I took my blog full-time and I was very fortunate to be working in a capacity where I had a number of freelance clients um I let's go back a step I trained as a copywriter at my last agency and I started writing for a number of websites um took that full-time as freelance and I was writing my blog um that gave me an opportunity to start working with lots of different brands and to have the freedom to, you know, meet with people in the middle of the week, to be able to answer emails like it's a full-time job. 
Um, and I realized that the campaigns that I was being a part of, I tended to be one of, say, a set number of people. And I thought there just has to be more people in this space than these brands keep seeing. And even they were saying to me, you know, we love your aesthetic and we really like this person's values, but we're not sure where else to find anyone and whether there's audiences or the capacity out there to work with influencers in this space. And at the same time, I was going to events in London and thinking, I'm meeting 10, 20 people each time who are super passionate about sustainable fashion. They're connected with lots of other people in this space and they all run either a small Instagram account or they're a photographer or they're a creative in one way or another. Um, And so I thought, right, put a platform together and at least then have an open directory of lots of different people doing sustainability in a way that's authentic to them. Uh, Launched it in June, 2018. And I personally thought it was going to be 20 or 30 people that I knew from my trips around London who would then join and we would have some kind of monthly meetup and then brands would come along and meet with us as well. And you would have that kind of way of connecting and networking. And month one, we had over 100 applications uh, from different people all around the world. And I was completely blown away by the passion that everybody has about sustainability about a platform like this about connecting with one another um so I kind of built it out from there it it really shifted from my expectation of it being a physical meetup and it being something that was very light touch and very easy for me to run and now you know I dedicate I would say between two and three days a week just to running the platform and I kind of consider any who has a platform a personal platform online or they're putting something out there is an influencer so anyone and their gran and their dog could be an influencer Um, it's just somebody who is out there raising their voice and potentially having that ripple effect people look at their content and go oh I really like that I feel inspired by that I'm going to also try doing that in my life but yeah in, in terms of vetting those brands we don't actually have to do a lot of that at all we find that brands tend to get what the site's about and what the community's about before they even get around to listing community kind of runs the place now we've got so many people who are commenting connecting engaging with the platform that if you know one influence in this space and you're inspired by that person you probably find similar people also through this platform and their values are you know whether it is Um, going plastic free or reducing the carbon impact of their home or investing like you and I in sustainable fashion Um, there's so many people on the platform we're trying to change the way that influencers connect with brands so that they are influencers get to choose yep that campaign's fitting for me I'm going to then apply and it seems to work really well it is I think I made that sound more complicated than it is but it's um it works really well we've got so many people who've joined um membership is totally free as well I forgot to highlight that and yeah it it runs itself that's so interesting I definitely um uh, yeah like I appreciate the fact that the brands kind of self-select um they know you know if they if they fit the job um, so what's it like being a sustainable influencer? What have you found to be the biggest challenges, but also like the biggest benefits? Oh, um, yeah, it's an interesting one because it's hard to say, okay, I am 100% a sustainable influencer or a sustainable fashion influencer or just an influencer generally. I think it's the time that, you know, when you go and step into a job role and you apply for a job, you know specifically what you're getting into and what your job entails. Um, now we're both working in a space where we define what that really means for us. And for me, I think 
the real challenge is, especially now with sustainability being so hot within the fashion industry, within just generally almost as a marketing term, throughout throughout this time, I've turned away a lot of paid campaigns that just weren't fitting. But now sometimes even the fitting ones just don't quite meet the credentials or the standards that I like to promote on my own site. And I really value the trust and the connection that I have with my audience and with readers and followers. And I think that I don't want to sacrifice that trust by partnering with brands who potentially don't quite meet the standard that I would look for if I was going to purchase from them. So that's potentially one of the biggest challenges. Um, on the flip side, absolutely love what I get to do. I love that the, um, the the kind of innovation and the amount of work that's being done now in the sustainable fashion field is it's just huge and we're starting to see that trickle down into influencer campaigns um, and, and working personally I work with small businesses and I also get to work with some medium and large and national and international businesses and having that balance and seeing how this has become a well-recognized niche and it's something that people genuinely want to invest in want to learn more about um, it's not just a couple of people who, who are kind of in a little space talking to one another that I expected ethical influencers to look like when I first started it's actually now you know thousands of people read my blog hundreds of thousands of people read the blogs and the the platforms of all of the influencers on ethical influencers um it's an incredible place to be and to see that and to even get those personal messages to get those comments I don't know if you get that I, I find I get so touched by people who reach out and say you know I read your guide and this really helped me to figure this out or I was looking for something and this really helped that makes it all worthwhile to know somebody genuinely read what I wrote and they took that piece of advice and they benefited that's the, the icing on the cake for me so that kind of connection with people and people who are genuinely readings from my work um listening to what I have to say um allowing me to have a voice it's a privilege in all honesty it's, it's brilliant and I absolutely love that community and that space and just want to keep it going really yeah no me too I completely agree with that getting the, the little rush when someone comments oh your podcast mm. was so informative that makes it again like you said all worthwhile and I definitely appreciate every single comment because I also I am still so new you know what I think is interesting might not be like super interesting to everyone else because I'm super nerdy um <laughs> oh for sure but I love that lean lean into your nerdiness like I 100% I, I am such a nerd and I absolutely loved going in and you know, for the fashion deep dives that I do, I go in and I read the annual reports and I look at codes of conduct and I'm really there looking at real dry wow. pieces of content. But being able to then come back out of that, analyze that and talk about it, I think it's it gives you a different perspective, gives you an edge. I think go go full on with the nerdiness, let that out. And also, I mean, with these kind of platforms now and with social media and the ease of us being able to talk to one another across the world and podcasting and all of that, we have such a opportunity to define what our content represents and to put things out that would be appealing to ourselves if we were listeners and if we were readers. And then to find that there is an audience out there that is like that and wants to hear about that, that's, that's the best thing ever. So I'm sure there's plenty of other people exactly like you who want to hear all about these things and keep that going. That's You read through the annual reports? Yeah. That is so impressive. Oh my gosh. That's painful. Yeah, but, <laughs> but if you fun. ever, like, that's the thing to do. If you ever want to call out fast fashion brands, 
that is how to do it. Mm-hmm. Certain companies, they'll post like, oh, we recycle like this type of material that we use in our supply chain. And then you go down 20 pages and it's like, actually, that's only 0.0001% of right. what's actually in our supply chain. Right. So yeah, it's it's insane. What you mentioned, your biggest challenge to be Something that I'm personally curious about is how you decide what brands or like what what your standards are um, when a brand asks to work with you or gift you their product and um, like what your criteria are. Sure. So this took me a long time to hone. Um, I think when I first started, the brands who genuinely did approach me and who were really working in this space, you know, 10, 20 years before I even got interested in it. They had the credentials that I was looking for. And I mean, I can list through them now. I, I tend to look for four specific things um, when it is looking at sustainable fashion. Uh, so it's social sustainability and looking at how people are treated within the supply chains that these fashion brands employ, um, environmental sustainability and what the brand is doing to reduce their impact, whether it's in terms of energy and water use or the chemicals that they're using on their products and whether they're using any natural or regenerated materials within their um, lines. Uh, the third thing I look for is um, circular practices. So whether a brand is looking at taking back any post-consumer waste, whether they are recycling and whether they're using recycled materials in their lines as well. And uh, the fourth thing that I, I think is kind of overlooked now, I feel like it had its time maybe a year or two ago. And it's something that I still think is really important, but we're not seeing it so much is um, slow fashion and slowing down production. We talk about fast fashion all the time. And even today, I had somebody comment about how they were looking to get away from fast fashion and only look for natural materials. And I thought, it's interesting that there's this kind of thought process of, oh, fast fashion is anything that's made with polyester. And sure, polyester is a bad thing to be, you know, creating. There's so many issues around that, but it doesn't mean that it's necessarily fast fashion. Um, So Basically, I'm looking for the, the fourth thing being slowing down production, uh, reducing the amount of collections that um, the store or the brand is creating. I've seen incredible pieces from, um, I went to a, a fashion exhibition, I think it was two years ago, and it was from um, Business Finland. And they had a number of Finnish brands who had decided, okay, we're going to just create an entire collection that does the entire year, all the seasons, but it's ways of kind of pairing up different pieces and putting something on top of something else that will keep you warmer or you can take that off and then you can enjoy that other piece for some or you can unbutton this certain area and then it can be reshaped and reworn in in a different way Um, so that kind of innovation around how we can make our clothes function for us over a longer period of time and not releasing collection after collection after collection and making such a high amount of waste and and just unnecessary production so those are the four things that I look for Um, when I first started I kind of knew about all of this and the brands that I was speaking with and who I genuinely respected, their aesthetic potentially wasn't quite what I was looking for. And it's been this interesting journey of seeing how brands are starting to innovate and change their aesthetics and make things into collections that rival, you know, high street stores or haute couture fashion or anything you see in fashion magazines. Um, now we've got this I feel like there's been this merging of okay we're seeing aesthetics and ethics come through together and we're getting this beautiful connection of the two so I have 
the, the absolute joy of being able to then work with some of these brands they come to me and they say we've got a new collection or we're highlighting this campaign we want to focus on something or other and a lot of the time it will be okay do they meet these four criteria that I'm looking for but also do I need that piece of clothing will I wear it for a long period of time um, is it something that would classically fit with my style and even then uh, I don't know if you've read any of these um, Amelia but I had um, the curated closet given to me I think two Christmases ago and I, I read that through and I just thought okay actioning and understanding my own style really helps me to be a more sustainable fashion consumer as well so I think working on my style and you know having those Pinterest boards and enjoying magazines and getting inspiration is one thing but being able to understand what I like and what I would genuinely wear day in day out and then working with these brands who then also fit that aesthetic has been um, a really enjoyment and something I've been able to do over the last year year and a half um, to a point now where I'm super happy with what I'm putting out um, but yeah there's there's so much opportunity out there and, and so many brands who are doing it in such a great way and just different aesthetics and fit different people as well that's really interesting um, I really like that aspect of like it has to meet all your standards but then it also has to fit in your closet as if you were going to purchase it yourself that's also really important and I like that a lot you know because that reduces also the amount so many influencers are gifted an entire wardrobe of clothes that first of all they're probably never going to wear they're going to get rid of after a certain point but it's just for a haul and so yeah I like that you know you want it to to fit perfectly into what you've already got going on what your closet has already been curated to be Completely. I think that that's where we have to start seeing fashion as more than just something we take a photo of and put on Instagram. And instead, it's got to have that kind of connection and you've got to love what you're wearing and want to wear it over and over. Otherwise, why would you invest in that piece? Or why would you? I just, I, yeah, I think, I think, and I do think that's a hard journey to take. And it's something that we as, you know, consumers need to also think, what's our style? What do we like? Is this something that we will genuinely invest in? And I mean, I also run um, a clothes swap with three of my best friends called the Alternative Closet. We do it twice a year. Um, unfortunately, the April edition this year got called off, but that's absolutely fine. You know, we're going through the pandemic now and it's something that was completely out of our control. Um, but with the clothes swap, we're trying to get people to start looking at sustainable fashion in a way where we're saying you want to have these pieces and have enjoyment out of them. So why not get them secondhand? And from take what is in your wardrobe and potentially you regret purchasing or you just no longer wear and swap that with somebody who will give that a new home who will enjoy wearing that item and you will find something else that fits you and you enjoy wearing that yeah I'd, I'd love to kind of inject more of that back so that's that's my focus now I think with a lot of the pictures that I post and the guides that I write um, I'm trying to show you that sustainable fashion can also be fun you can be quite light touch with it and you can just take a couple of recommendations and run with that rather than having to be a complete aficionado and somebody who is completely committed to fashion you know it's still something that we all wear clothes every day if we can all do something to be slightly more sustainable I think that would be a great step in the right direction yeah I agree I think a lot of people think it's far more complex and difficult than it is as you know, someone with the platform, you and I are both able to kind of like give people the the rundown of don't do this, do this instead, just like easy, but also we can get into the nitty gritty because we do have that knowledge base. Completely. We, we've got, I feel so fortunate that I get to spend time looking in, into these reports and researching and 
discovering brands that are doing things incredibly well and being able to highlight them but at the same time we can't expect everybody to be doing that I think it it, I always think of you know if this was my sister or my mum or somebody even my brother like they're not going to know they're just going to go okay I really want to buy this item because I saw it on this advert or this Instagram post and if we can catch them and say hey have you thought about buying it from this place or getting it secondhand or sourcing it from um, a reseller or whatever and doing it in a way which is slightly more sustainable if we can catch them at that point and give them just a couple of tips and directions that's all they need really I think for us it's a real joy and, and it's a passion and getting right into it but it's the same with everything that I post. I mean, I can't, I've posted over 600 blog posts now and it's, yeah, like I, I look back and I'm like, I don't even know, like I don't, a lot of this feels so natural to me, but I think it's, you know, you grow over time, you ask those questions, you learn the answers. Having that mindset of sustainability is important and our environmental impact is important is the the main takeaway that I encourage and hopefully we can then see that behavioral change happen across not just individuals but also in workplaces in communities um, when we're looking at kind of political systems social systems that sort of thing we need to start prioritizing the environment more and the treatment of people more and hopefully we start start small start from our own little blogs and platforms and go from there I agree yeah the most important part is that people recognize that there's a problem that needs fixing And once that issue is recognized, then we can move into more of the nitty gritty information. I don't know if she's going to want to answer this, but most people in the sustainability industry are not paid as well as they should. And so because you work from home and you work full time on Curiously Conscious, Ethical Influencers, Alternative Closet, um, and that takes so much time, what like including, you know, brand deals, what are your major revenue generators? Yeah, um... I have to be totally transparent about this. And I think I've also got to operate my business in a way that I would expect other businesses to do so. So being totally transparent, I make the majority of my income from brand partnerships, um, which usually entails sponsored content across my blog, um, my newsletter, my Instagram posts, and anywhere else I am online. Um, alongside that I do a small amount of freelance writing still I'm I've actually kind of tied up a lot of that um, over the last six months so I sometimes work with brands and writing for their platforms or um, advising them on how to talk about sustainability and put that out there but that's a really small part of what I do now and with ethical influencers in all honesty I invest a lot of my own income into that platform to be able to run it at this stage um, we made the opportunity listings 40 pounds so that each brand that contact us has that kind of opportunity to access the site it's not that expensive it purely covers the admin that would be needed for um, putting up each opportunity and connecting the influencers through that system so yeah I mean I I'm somebody who for the longest time I've been kind of an advocate for creatives getting paid goodness knows the influencer space is not well regulated um, influencers set their pricing as to whatever they think is the right pricing and for me even you know up until December of last year I thought I was charging a reasonable amount and then I speak to other people who are in similar positions and they're charging double what I am and I'm thinking oh my goodness okay like I am still not at a level where I'm potentially charging the right amount or getting paid for the right amount but I'm 
at least receiving enough that I can pay my rent, that I can afford food, afford clothing when I want it and, you know, put some money into savings as well. Because I think savings is what got me here in the first place. I had a small amount of savings when I went full time. I burned through that in the first six months and I started making that money back. Um, So running a small business is difficult. It's up and down. Even with, you know, the pandemic going on now it's up and down. But I'm fortunate in that I'm I've been doing this for so long I built this blog out of a passion and a hobby and it became something that was generating enough income for me to be able to move over onto and do that full time um I would I I think in the sustainability space there are definitely people who would rather not get paid at all and be completely independent and work away from businesses and I totally respect that as well but I think for a lot of the time that you have to be doing something to either be making income or have some kind of financial beneficiary who's looking after you and that's a privilege in itself so for me I find the fairest way is for me to work with one or two brands per month and brands that genuinely align with what I do unfortunately there is enough out there now that they do um, exist and I can work with them and do it in a way where you know it benefits both of us and there is that return on investment Um, it's just yeah growing growing the platform and growing things right now is at a point that I'm happy but there's definitely room for growth still yeah That's really interesting. I know we touched on this already, but I was wondering uh, if you could go into more depth on what area of sustainability you're most passionate about, whether that be clothes, beauty, food, or are you mainly a generalist? Because I know that you, um, or at least some of the brands on the Ethical Influencer Network are like beauty brands, or some of them are even like period product brands. What are you super interested in? Um, It's a great question. And I would genuinely say that I am more of a generalist. Um, I think fashion is definitely where my heart lies at the moment and or has done for quite a while now. And that's because there is this creativity and it's a way of expressing yourself alongside also highlighting um, positive stories, kindness, practices that benefit the people in their supply chains and the environment. Um, I think there's so much innovation going on in the sustainable fashion space and that's such a great place to focus and ask questions and there's always something to highlight Um, but really I'm everything I write about I mean I'm other than my dissertation on sustainable food and um, local food that I wrote goodness knows how long ago now what four years ago and I wrote that that piece in French because of my degree and then wrote a long blog post where it was translated into English so that other people could read it and whether people read it or not I'm not sure um that's the only real kind of schooling that I've had around sustainability so everything is self-taught everything is from an individual kind of consumer point of view and things that I've experienced and it just depends on what what drops onto my plate what I see in the supermarket or what I you know engage with when I'm out and about in London um I think it's unfortunate in that there's so much going on in this space that it's just new discoveries are what really gets me. And I'm like, okay, I really want to focus on, you know, um, a zero waste deodorant and how that's different to what's going on elsewhere. Or for period products, for example, um, a friend of mine runs a campaign around reducing plastic in period products. And not many women know this, but, or, or, you know, women, men, whoever has a menstrual cycle, um, know that period products contain a lot of plastic and up to I think it's 80 or 90 percent plastic I think answer to your question a generalist um but one that right now is super into kind of sustainable fashion space and I read up a lot of that um whether it's you know uh, media and the news and alerts that I get sent to my email or books and studies and things I'm really into that kind of side of things right now 
So my next question is, I have an issue with so many of my friends just not either they feel that more sustainable fashion just is like inaccessible or I honestly, I have no idea. Um, but I, I'm trying to give them the impression that buying fast fashion isn't quite as good and it's so much fun to go to Goodwill and get a cute little dress. So the issue is um, for like semi-formals for one-off events, you know, that just happen once a a semester, they'll purchase a cheap dress from a fast fashion brand. And it's like $20 for a sequin dress. We don't even need to go into the issue with sequins right now. So what do you think is the best way to go about teaching someone the importance of more sustainable fashion and also just being more mindful of where our clothes come from? Um, And how can I approach my sorority sisters with those concerns? I love that. I love that you're trying to find a way that works for them and is also not too difficult because I think you're right in saying it is you have to make a conscious change to move away from fast fashion because fast fashion is a lot of the time very easy to access and it's something that has been kind of ingrained in what we do anyway. I imagine it's the same for you and I when when I grew up as a teenager I would go to shopping centers we call it shopping centers but I'm guessing you call it malls right? Yep. Um, we would go to shopping centers and you'd spend the weekend and you would get your pocket money or the money you've earned from your little part-time weekend job and you would go and buy cheap fashion that you can then wear with your friends to parties or whatever and the same for you know when I left um, my A-levels my college I bought a 20 pound dress um, when even when I you know getting through to the first year of university and things like that I was going to those student events that they hold um in the city that I went to university and they held this student event every month or so where it would be like a student lockdown students only could run around the shopping center and you would get discounts on all of these big high street brands and you then become a customer for life because you've been purchasing from these from those kind of formative years you've got these routines and you're familiar with these brands and you trust them and you know their aesthetics and you know where you fit and your identity fits and it feels kind of homely to you but actually we have to step away from that if we're going to look at buying more sustainably and avoiding fast fashion so I think in the first sense for those formals for especially for those one nights where if you buy a dress I mean it's an investment in itself even even if it's from a fast fashion brand it's an investment you've then got to put that dress somewhere for the rest of the time before you you can get around to facing up to the fact you'll never wear it again and you have to get rid of it in one way or another and that's stressful so either inviting them to rent something I think guys get it easy and they probably rent their suits or whatever it is they're wearing girls now is oh the first place you go is that you go and buy it online or you order something and a lot of the time the fit's not great it doesn't you don't look the same as the model who was wearing it in the pictures um and it can be really disappointing and you end up buying two or three dresses go and rent and go and try something on and you can keep that dress for the period of time that you rented it for and that is special and it's kind of locked in that those memories and those photos you've taken but you don't have the weight of carrying that dress around and saying I've got to wear it for something else but everybody's seen me in this one time and everybody knows it was the dress I wore to this great you've kind of answered that problem because you've returned it to the place and somebody else is renting it and getting enjoyment out of that garment um if renting isn't something you're open to and I kind of get why as well it can be a hassle um go for looking at secondhand or vintage pieces and spend some time like rather than just spending some time scrolling on your favorite you know stores app or their website 
go and look at um, whether it's Pinterest or Instagram or find some old magazines, get some inspiration from eras gone by, designers gone by, um, collections that have passed and find just a couple of one-off or unique items that really kind of make you stand out. You're different to what everybody else is wearing. It's something that really, you know, you're expressing your personality through. It's an item that you potentially you could then wear it again and again, or it's an heirloom that you could pass down if you have children or whatever it is. I think that's a nice way of getting into sustainable fashion without saying you have to invest hundreds of pounds with one specific brand. And then you've got this one item again that you can't shift. Um, if you can find vintage or something where, you know, vintage fashion now a lot of it is so cheap and like you were saying like goodwill is a great place to go for finding those secondhand items but if you're looking for something that's slightly more high-end there's plenty of apps i'm not sure what's available in america but in the uk i mean i'm writing guide on vintage right now i don't do you know do you have any recommendations for vintage Ooh, that's mm. tough i think a great resource is if you can find any instagram accounts that yeah that you like that have similar styles I know there's one that I really like uh LMK style on Instagram she has some really great pieces um I think that's probably the best resource for vintage to my knowledge I love that yeah the vintage Instagram accounts is like the new place to go for finding vintage fashion as well and people who have curated that and decided right I'm going to put it on Instagram and all you do is just comment and say yep I'd love this DM them and get the price sorted out and get it sent to you I think that's such a nice kind of novel way of doing it um but there's so many people out there who are creating these collections and finding ways of expressing their style without having to kind of tap into fast fashion or high street fashion um if you can invite your friends to do that or just to, I, I think it's it's so hard to say okay for this one specific event why not try sustainable fashion maybe instead of saying that say this is where I like to shop or show them ideas of what you do personally and maybe they'll take some of that on maybe it'll take them a couple of years I know with um, my sister for example she's somebody who has a number of high street brands she absolutely loves she can easily I mean she works a full-time job now she graduated um a couple of years ago and she could easily be buying beautiful vintage clothing sustainable clothing whatever but she's trapped in this cycle of oh but I know the high street I work near it I can just go out after work and find a nice piece and wear that on the weekends and I'm like okay great but then how about changing up different elements of your life that aren't as sustainable so she bought um a vintage Gucci bag last year and I'm like great you went vintage rather than buying a brand new one that in itself just makes me so pleased and yeah it's just a one-off purchase but it shows that she actually considered it and went yeah I can do this and it's more affordable and it's still a beautiful item and actually not as many people have it who are kind of her age it's not something you can just walk into the shop and buy it's something that she found and got it for herself um so there's a joy with it it's just changing that mindset I guess yeah I agree with that I also think like if you get something that's secondhand it's also more special I mean I think it depends on the brand like I would never get you know high street brands that are secondhand I wouldn't even get them firsthand but yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I just think that you're staying on trend per se, but you're also being different. You're also doing something more unique. What is your most proud accomplishment since you started your sustainable and conscious living journey? Oh my goodness. Oh, that is such, uh, I've never been asked that before. Great question. Um, I think genuinely it has to be, um 
connecting the ethical influencers community together and getting people to be part of that platform I, I feel so fortunate to be in contact with every single member who has come through the application process signed up and uses the platform to whatever it benefit they're looking for there are people on there who inspire me every single day I'll go in and I'll see somebody else is doing something that whether they're talking about you know transgender rights or whether they're talking about cleaning up the Great Barrier Reef in Australia and sailing around there or they're doing zero waste but they live in Japan like there's so many people who are taking sustainability seriously and doing it in their own way and in their own lives and these are people who I potentially would never have had a window into their life before before the internet before this community before any of it and it's just a I I can't I don't I can't even explain it it's just so inspiring to me to see so many people do it in their own way and to know that there's this community and there's a sense of belonging online of people who care about the environment and care about how people are treated um and that this you know isn't just me being naive student and wanting to write a blog and say that the world can be run in a slightly better way um is actually hundreds and hundreds of people with thousands and you know at this point millions of followers like a million we've got what 2.4 million collective following across the entire community just on instagram so that's so many people who care about this topic um, and are connected through this platform. And yeah, I, it was honestly just an idea that I put together on the website and everybody adopted and went on to make the community what it is today. I feel like they run it and I just get to highlight what they're doing. Um, and the same with yourself, media. Thank you for joining. I honestly, it, it just, it feels incredible like it feels it feels I would love to meet every single person I would love to talk to them about their platforms I would love to connect everybody in better ways and I'm working on um the platform on the back end of things to create different ways of doing that you know I, I want a message board I do want to still do those monthly meetups but maybe also get people in different cities around the world where we have got more members to then be able to have meetups in those places too um I'd love to do some guides for the community on how to, like you asked, how to uh, make blogging into a profession, how to raise your voice and connect with people in this space, um, how to work with, you know, big organisations on campaigns. Last year, I was part of a campaign that was um, being run by DEFRA, which is the Department of Environment, Food and Rural Affairs um, and part of the government. And that came from having my own platform online there's so much that can happen from all of us having these voices online now and seeing the power in that and this connection between everyone is so seriously heartwarming it's what gets me up out of bed every day and I just respect everybody so much who's part of it and thank them for being a part of it so that has to be the biggest achievement by far um and let's keep this ball rolling let's get more people engaged with sustainability and and hopefully create real change that is so cool. I also, yeah, I just think that it's amazing the creative mind that you have that you just understood that there was that gap in the market and you created not even, yeah, you created a business for, um, to connect people to fill, to fill that gap in the market. So I think that's really interesting. And I'm always so impressed by people who, who are able to do that. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it just, I think a lot of it's I mean it's the same with any kind of business I I think part of it is definitely knowing your space and knowing what people are looking for but there's also 
clearly an element of luck in any kind of business, any kind of um, entrepreneurial journey, and especially those that um, do succeed, I think you have to be thankful to the kind of external factors that guided you to where you are today. And fortunately, this was something that the community was looking for and was just a place that people really wanted to engage with and spend some time connecting with one another through. So I'm glad that I was able to help and let's keep it going. And so my final question, um, I'm so sad this conversation is ending. It was so wonderful, um, is a question that I've decided to start asking every one of my interviewees uh, and see their different perspectives. So it is, what is one major issue that you feel once tackled will solve uh, a multitude of the sustainability problems that we face in the fashion industry? That's hard. And I mean, if we this makes our conversation very circular, because, as you said, you came along to the Fixing Fashion Report uh, event that we ran. Um, If I kind of reference that now, um, the UK government's House of Commons put together a report about the impacts of fashion, not just in the UK, but worldwide, and the steps that were required to then reduce the negative impact on people and planet. They put together 18 recommendations and all 18 recommendations were um, rejected by Parliament. So nothing moved forward really with that report. There is definitely work in progress to change that. But right now, you know, a lot of government things have changed and are not focusing on that. We're focusing on the pandemic, which is totally justified. Um, For me, I think not just in fashion, but generally, we need to have some form of carbon tax or carbon reporting. We need to have with businesses, we do, we kind of prioritise financial reporting and where that money goes within a business and how that money has gone to stakeholders. So not just the business itself and reinvestment in the business and uh, you know where the the shareholders get their money from but also how the stakeholders so the local community and other like-minded organizations are benefiting from the existence of these businesses in these spaces right now I think we could do with some kind of reporting around the impact that we're having on the environment through a tax that's on carbon so we need to have reporting and transparent reporting across um, the supply chains of any kind of industry as to the energy usage they're having, the impact they're having within the waste that they create or um, the logistics that they're running. And we need to tax them for that because right now we're not doing any of that. So it means things like flying um, fish that were caught in the sea next to the UK is then flown to China to be packaged and then flown back to the UK because it's cheaper to do it that than it is to do it in the UK that's nonsensical we need to have something that prevents those things from happening and I think a tax like that would do so um but yeah that's a it's a hard line to kind of put that forward and how how do we kind of connect that and and move that forward I'm not sure right now but I think promoting things like the green new deal um and voting you know politically but also with our wallets is important too yeah I agree with that that's really interesting I appreciate that. I was worried that this question would um, would get like the same answer over and over. And so I'm excited that this one was different. Amazing. What else have you had? Emily Stokel of Prelove Podcast. She said overproduction is the major problem that would fix a lot of um, 
the issues that we face, but that it's not an easy, it's not an ethical solution because we do need to figure out the process of how to uh, situate and re-guide the workers in developing countries who make a lot of the high street fashion that we see in stores and how they would be able to transition to a more living wage. So I think the carbon tax is also really, really interesting. She's got a great answer. Put mine together. I feel like, you know, you need 10 more episodes and then you need to take all of these answers and take them to government and say, this is what we need. This is how, how we will fix the, the issue of a um, climate crisis right now and why it's um, an issue within industry that needs to be fixed. And then wait for it to get rejected again. Yeah. <laughs> classic. Classic well, government. Yeah, why not? I'll, I'll, do, I'll do it here in the UK. You do it there in the US. And together mm-hmm. we'll... You we'll have a much better chance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about that. We'll see. Alrighty. I think that's all we have for today. Uh, thank, you. thank you so much for being on the show. I had such a great time. My pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me on um, and for creating this platform in the first place and for joining Ethical Influences as well. And yeah, I just wish you luck with everything else that you do. And I look forward to listening into tomorrow's podcast and then this one and any future guests that you have on. Oh, thank you. That's all for this episode. Check out my Instagram in the show notes and feel free to leave me any suggestions for future topics. I'll see you all in my next episode.